Baconator for breakfast. I guess that's enough calories for three days of surviving. Yeah, goddamn right it is. It's about twelve thousand calories. So I have you ever had just the sauce that they put on the baconator just by itself? Yes, just this morning. What is it? What is that? Because it's very misleading when you're eating it on top of uh, seasoned all ground beef, always fresh, never frozen patties. Mm-hmm. With melted American cheese. Yes, yes. And are you talking about the pub cheese bacon. or the white cheese? I don't know, man. I was trying to think of what goes on a baconator because I think I've had one ever and I didn't care for the sauce on it and I've never gone back. Now I will tell you, I've had with that sauce, they have the uh, new ghost pepper chili sauce, which actually, I will tell you, in my entire life, I've always you go to a fast food restaurant and it's always like it, it it's hot and you're like. No, it's not. No. This one actually hit the meter. I was like, oh, dear. Mm, glad I had other sandwich with this because, wow. Yeah, I got a... I, I forget what the brand was, but it was one of the more expensive store-bought beef jerkies, and mm. it was hot and spicy. Ooh. And usually I go, eh, eh, sure, whatever, you know. Uh, it's either that or peppered. I need something to go with this. Right. And true to their word, it was indeed hot and spicy and Boy, oh boy, James. It was a real treat. <coughs> Lit you up, did it? It was it was pretty good. I mean, I I also avoid buying things that are listed as just hot and spicy for that very same reason. Because peanuts always get me. <coughs> yes. I really enjoy spicy peanuts. But every time, like, oh, spicy peanuts, and they're a little bit hot. They're mm-hmm. just extra salty. And it, then it just makes my tongue pucker up, and I don't like it. And then I get mad at peanuts and don't finish them. <laughs> I um, I think the, I used to eat like Takis. Fucking lived on them. You ever have them? Oh, they are. I've, Barrio I've, is fuck, homie. I have for years said that I am going to try these. Still haven't. The, the one thing I would say has probably helped my stomach and my digestive tract more than anything else. I mean, since I quit drinking is I cannot... I don't want them if I don't have old style. If there's no cold old style, there's no tackies. So I've, I've rid myself of two horrible things. <laughs> ah, Mr. the old style. And now I just dip pork rinds in mayonnaise. That's right. I'll eat chicharrones right off the goddamn bristle. Fuck. <laughs> Got it, my old. <laughs> just <laughs> eating an entire ham. Eating the pig knuckle out of the mystery jar. Man, I still want to get one of those hams that's from like West Virginia where mm. they send it to you and people get mags. They're like, it's moldy. Like, yeah, you got to cut the mold off yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what a real ham is. Like, oh. I kind of want one of those. But they're also like crazy expensive. <laughs> I want to get one of those weird Spanish hams they show. Just They sell them dry on its own rack. That's one of the like 30,000 different varieties of Spanish hams. Mm-hmm. Why do they have so many goddamn hams? Because it's hams good. And isn't it the Spanish that do a lot with eggs too? <coughs> Maybe. Like they've got like secret ways of making eggs. That's completely wrong, but. Right. All I could think of is paella. Mm, I could go for some paella. Oh, hell yeah. I, I've been wondering if I can make like 
and I'm sure I can. There's no, <laughs> I'm not going to get arrested if I do it, even mm. if it's bad. But like a red bean and rice burrito. Oh, it's good. Like a smother burrito. I've done that with ham hocks. <laughs> it all comes back to ham. Well, look, once you get that dirty brown, like yeah, the um, red beans and rice, and you get like dirty rice, you just change the flavor from Creole, which is a tiny, tiny bit. Like I'd, drop, I'd pull the cumin flavors out. And then I'd lean more into a, a brighter, like a cilantro lime. And then um, with the ham hocks, I would, or with the hocks themselves, that beautiful fat flavor. After I chopped up the hocks, so I would, um, just a little bit of black pepper, dude. And uh, as long as you know your mind's set for that southern flavor, but once you kind of wrap your brain around, we're changing the entire bottom line of the flavor palette. Right. It really does something. It, it's really bright. And usually you get that like almost almost earthy tones with that. You're getting real high-end, real high-end bite with it. And it balances out with the ham. And it's amazing. Add up the uh, raw onions in there. You say it comes out to like a a brown, reddish brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Where you look at it, you just go, yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's going to be greasy all the way through. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And speaking of gross shit that's all red and brown, hey everybody, welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to. My name is Chris Pfaff, and I am one of your hosts. And I am James Moreno. I am the other one of your hosts. Look how I can always pull it together for that part, and then it's right back into slouch mode. <laughs> then it's like, sniffering. <laughs> I hate everything, goddammit. All right, so this week we are talking about a Turkish film, mm-hmm. 2015's Baskin. Oh boy, James. Oh, dear. Turkish names. I, I, I apologize to everybody, not even just the people involved, just everyone. Yeah. Because I'm going to do it anyway. I was looking at the names on this and I'm like, I'm so glad that Chris takes this part of it. Uh, written by Oguken Aaron Ake. Ersin Sedikoglu, Sedikoglu, sure, Uh, and written and directed by Cam Evernall. Yeah, yeah, that one was pretty easy. They got that one out. Starring, oh boy, (laughs) Mehmet Karahoglu, uh, Gorkem Kasal as Arda, and Maharam Bayarek as Yezuv. Oh, boy. All right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I apologize to everyone, but I felt the need to do my best to pay homage to the people. Okay, so let's get into it. Oh. Uh, yes. This this is, uh, we're doing something that's kind of out of our wheelhouse. We don't do a lot of the, like, extreme horror. Yeah, torture Because, generally speaking, it I don't think they're good. Right. Like, when I kind of told you about Martyrs when I was watching that, like, well, this is just dumb. And it's just brutality for the sake of, like, some dickhead wants really wants to watch this. And, like, we'll never do, like, Serbian film. Oh, God, no. But, like I said, we, we covered High Tension because it's uh, good enough just as a film, although it is pretty extreme. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, boy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, I do believe Baskin falls under that heading of extreme horror. Now, great, Oogly James. Moogly. I have the usual question for you, but I have sort of an addendum to that question. Oh, good, because I've got an odd answer. So this is going to be interesting. Uh, the usual: How did you like the, mm-hmm. Baskin? 
And I want to kind of follow that up with, if you had seen this about two years ago before I really started indoctrinating you with all kinds of horror, Mm -hmm. how do you think that your experience would have been different? The experience would have been... After, how did you like it? Okay, the, I'm going to start with the experience would have been different that we would have gotten up to about the grilled meat scene and I would have said, fuck a bunch of all this and that shit would never have gotten watched. Mm-hmm. Any, anything mm-hmm. that disturbing, that immediate, fuck that in the neck. Okay, now, the interesting answer to your first question. I liked it, I didn't like it, and maybe. Because this was three different films. Sort of. It was, because my first film, I, the first time I kind of tried to watch it, I just was like riff tracking it, talking shit. You know, the usual thing I do just to calm myself down to get into a movie. And that, that's a different movie. Right. Then I knew I was running out of time. I'm hard up against it. I do things I don't usually do. So I went on a deep dive for YouTube. I watched videos. I checked some other stuff out. And... Because the first time I watched it before the videos, I'm filling in things because I don't know the culture. Yeah. Okay. So I'm making it this amazing, wow. And then I'm reading some more theories about frogs. And then I'm reading about the Zoroastrian. And then I'm Mm -hmm. listening to it. And then I'm thinking about something. It's like, this is a fucking gorgeous movie. And with, with all this added symbolism, that's really neat. But then wait a second. Wait a second. This, if you take a look at this movie completely objectively and go, okay, yes, they used Zoroastrian symbolism. Yes, they used Muslim symbolism without much depth. Part of that movie, and, and this is what really stuck me and made me think about maybe that's not the same movie I watched initially because I watched it and with a mystic mind first. The second time, um, I've heard of a movie. It was a, it's a Filipino movie, where everybody goes to a goes to a um, a funeral, and each and every single one of them breaks a taboo. One eats during the one. One grabs the cell phone. The other one disrespects. Said something disrespectful. They all were killed in aspects of that, and it was basically a Final Destination. This movie, he scratches the sole of his foot. They sing past the graveyard. They whistle. They do the dead. So they, so and they get killed in that manner. Pop, pop, pop. Gorgeous kill. Gorgeous kill. Gorgeous kill. Not much depth. I added depth when I wasn't sure about the culture. I'm like, well, maybe that is super symbolic, and maybe that means something even deeper. And then I looked at this movie, and I'm like, God, it's a pretty movie, but it's pretty stupid. Why? Because it's exactly like Final Destination. They did the thing they do to death. There's not whole much that really needs to be done in between time. It just has to look good and be gruesome. So I loved the first movie when I filled it in. And then the second movie, I was kind of, the second time when I saw it in that vein, I was kind of irritated. And then did I like it? Well, God, it was, e- even with all that bullshit in my head, I took all that out. Did I like the movie? Actually, I did. Because, there was a lot of interesting things, and the symbolism, even if it lacked depth, was enough to give it that power. So, so that's my complicated. Yeah, it's okay. See, I really like this movie. 
a lot uh, for many, many different reasons. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I, I don't usually do shit like this for movies because I can kind of piece shit together yeah. just fine. I knew nothing about Zoroastrianism whatsoever. Oh, really? Still really don't. Oh. Uh, relig like, religion isn't really my thing. Okay. And <clears throat> not to say that it's not interesting and the history surrounding it isn't interesting, but getting into uh, the the real inner workings of religion, I'm super generally not interested. Uh -huh. So in the little like five, six minute breakdown that I watched, it made the story make a lot more sense mm. to me. And I am going to push back a little bit when you said, Oh, it's final destination. Cause this is much older than final destination. I, I, I use that <clears throat> as a, a template because I've now seen other movies prior to that where, where it's just set up, kill, set up, kill. That's, that's the actual thing I'm trying to make. Not that it's like final destination, if that makes sense. Right. And, but the thing that really, I mean, pulls me in is I think the dialogue, as much as there may be little translation errors here mm -hmm. and there and what have you, I think at least the translated dialogue is as good as it needs to be. Oh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I think this movie shot far better than it needed to be. Yes. Um, and the the visual, just the, the this movie is visually stunning. I appreciate one of the reasons, like I was saying like a earlier, big music that, video. I, that I don't generally care for like extreme horror mm -hmm. is that I don't need torture. Mm -hmm. I don't really need to see that, you know, oh, this sick individual did this to another human being and see it graphically done. That doesn't generally interest me. But when you are giving us a visual representation of a, for like the laments, a literal hell. Yeah. They didn't pull punches, and that's where the extremity comes in, is it's so Damn. goddamn uh, they... gory, and in a way that's not, um, it doesn't feel personal. They it does... didn't, but they didn't. With, with, with the, when the visual aspect, when you talked about that, this, they did something. I had to, because I've watched this now three times, many of these spots. There are points where it's very, very graphic, like when he was cutting out and pulling the intestines mm -hmm. but that is not how do i put this out of character for any movie we've seen that particular scene now the part that was the hardest was the eye when he had the knife by the eye yes but do you remember they pulled away and showed from the side when it inserted you saw the thumbs in the eye but you never saw the eye pierced which I think, again, made it even more graphic. But they, they used both of them. They showed the graphic that we are more um, conditioned to be able to accept. And then they pulled it to something and made our brain fill in the most horrible thing we could. So they mixed everything that they could to make it even more gruesome without actually depicting everything all the time. And I think one of the big things that really speaks to how well, I guess not shot, but edited Yes. Because when I notice editing, holy shit, the way that they, and the lighting too. Oh, yeah. The lighting is fantastic in this film. And the way that they've depicted these hell scenes, especially uh, before they meet the father. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when it's just like the random uh, demons and what have you. 
They, oh. hold, they hold on shots for maybe, what, a second, second and a half. And the fucking sound design, because you can hear this, the greasy, dirty skin scraping and touching. Yeah. I give a vault. Now, a second and a half doesn't sound like a long time for you to take in information. But the way that it's lit, the set designs, the makeup, it's on screen for about a second and a half and you see it clear enough to go, Jesus fucking Christ, but not long enough for maybe if it didn't look the greatest. Right. And the editing there, it, it just blew me away with how they were able to do uh, not even quick cuts because it's not like you're a uh, Jason Bourne, you're quick cut, whatever. No, it was more they, focus pull. It was it was less cut than focus, 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 focus in different spots, and your eyes are pulled to that. Mm-hmm. So it's it you're you're in the same scene. It's cutting without cutting. Exactly, and when it gets into the just gruesome, horrible, not only violence but. Uh, and I wouldn't call it a rape necessarily, which is why I was still okay with doing this. But uh, uh, would you say like sexual sacrifice? Yeah. Ish. Yeah. It, it's so fucking extreme that again, when you are giving me and telling me pretty much this is a de- literal depiction of hell. Right. I go fucking hats off to you, fellows, because God. Damn. And and again, when we talk about, I, I, I call it the laments because we've all seen fucking Hellraisers, you know? Yeah. Um, and of course, I mean, the filmic style, I mean, it, it, it leads to Todd Browning's Freaks. It leads to uh, all these movies. But when they had the person with the nails nailed in, you could tell it looked like it was somewhere nailed into skin, somewhere nailed into bone, and the movement was pulling them. And that was more horrifying than the idea of the person with them punched all the way into his skull because mm-hmm. they're static. The other ones are moving and can catch on things, and it's a constant, you know, it's a constant. And it, that freaked me out more. The depictions they have in here of the, the ultimate suffering for sacrifice for glory or whatever was so horrifying. And, and, and again, for all the reasons that I've mentioned before, they, they actually just got you. And the visual and, and the sound and everything was just absolutely perfect. And to go back to, uh, I guess we could probably give a synopsis at some point, mm. but as far as like the dialogue just being well-written, there's not a shitload of dialogue in this. There's enough, okay. but and- it's... It's, and my negative against this is not that it's not well-written, but I'll, I'll get back to it because there's a, there's a bigger point. So. Right. But, I mean, the uh, getting us used to who these characters are by them all sitting around a table in mm. a, a cafe or a restaurant, roadside mm. restaurant, and just having these conversations and letting us know who each of these people are mm. in a very natural but kind of fucked up way. Because they're basically talking about banging chickens or oh, yeah. uh, fucking elephants. Fucking, yeah, elephants and goats and chickens and... Uh-huh. And, and then, then, yeah. and then a story about him banging a uh, trans prostitute. Yes. And ended up just saying, like, yeah, yeah, I found a cock, but I was already there, and she was so hot, so I just did it anyway. Mm. And you're like, oh, well, all right, fine. And then when interrupted by, you know, like an outsider, it was, oh, well, did you call me a expletive that I, I won't say? Mm-hmm. It 
that sort of uh, just showing the machismo of this police officer that I, I'm fine saying all this around my friends and whatever, but this outside guy, uh-uh, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Fuck this kid. Yep. And you know, you know, what kills me too is this movie started out. I was starting to read it because I was in, I get political in my head on the reg and I'm like, okay, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the, it's the working class. It's, it's the proletariat against the, uh, you know, the, the arm of the state. It's this, this and that. And, and there was some of that in there because, you know, it's mm-hmm. there. Yeah. But, um, God working in restaurants and, um, not always the nicest restaurants. So nine times, nine times out of ten, I won't say I won't say it horribly, but there there are a lot of situations where you would rather have the gangbangers in than the cops, mm-hmm. because I am not the type of person that will back down after a certain point, and because I was a waiter, they would assume that that's not something that standing up with something I would do. And I have seen that so many times. I've been so close to having my ass just fucking pounded in the parking lot because of that. I'm not saying, I will just say people in general, these people happen to be police officers. But because it's portrayed in this movie, it is a very real thing and it's a very scary thing. And in those same conversations, I've heard, I've heard those conversations almost to the fucking letter. Well, that was in the service. The old guys had been 10,000 ports. Hey, fucking, uh, yeah, did the thing. And, well, you know, there's only camels. What the hell are you going to do? <laughs> 20 bucks, 20 bucks. Fuck it. You know, you, you get those conversations and you're just sitting there going, God, I hope they're just talking shit. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I, I, the weather's still outside, isn't it? <laughs> Got to go. <laughs> How about them baseballers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard they uh, really uh, knocked that out of the fucking park. <sighs> And one of, like, is just as far as this being like just an entertaining film and something that American films don't really do, just a song and dance in the middle of it. Kind of. Well, for lack of a better term, dance. They're riding in a bus pretty much. But I mean, a song and dance number in the middle of this when you're just like, oh, well, shit. All right. (laughs) Well, they're going to add a little pep in our stuff. Fucking hell yeah. I mean, it ends up being, uh, important to the plot mm-hmm. but as as i found out because it wasn't a uh, story i was familiar <coughs> with from a uh, zoroastrianism mm. but uh yeah, to just see a song and dance number you know huh well i've already seen some really horrific shit I, i've seen uh, a young man not even purchase but accept what i assume to be human child meat oh yeah <laughs> from a back door oh my god you know i'll, I'll tell you <laughs> The horrible thing about that is I've eaten sketchier looking meat in Turkey. Oh, I bet. Happily and willingly. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, mystery, mystery bucket meat. Mm-hmm. That's the best kind. I wasn't even thinking about it could have been a child. I'm like, fucking, that's well, got to be the freshest motherfucking goat you ever ate. I say, well, I, I took it as, it, I don't think it was, obviously, mm-hmm. because that's supposed to be, the cold opening is a uh, artist's dream. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but we don't know that yet. So right. I took it as, oh, the boogeyman killed that child, and now he's bringing its meat to this restaurant again. Or, yeah. Just one of those like that's really good filmmaking instinct. And and take a look at when they were, I how you've cut meat, mm-hmm. you've grilled things, mm-hmm. 
Now, that meat was either just killed that second, or it had been left out a little too long to be cutting and grilling. There, there, because that was just, at that point, it, it seriously had to have been just absolutely freshly butchered, or you, it's just gross. Yeah. It, it's, and you just don't know when they're cutting it, the sound. That sound of just grease, bad meat, just that grind on the bone. Uh huh. Mm-hmm, yeah. I say, and we'll get to the major piece of casting, obviously later on. But uh, all, all the people in that little village or town or whatever is mm-hmm. in there again, just the right like that's kind of a part that again with the story, I guess you need. But mm-hmm. I didn't know that, and I was like, well, why are they here? Oh. They've set up that this is just like this abandoned town that nobody goes to, and it's like a bad place, mm-hmm. which got me thinking like, how much area are these police supposed to be covering? Is that why there's like six of them? Yeah. All at, driving together. Because- no, I think the six of them driving together, first of all, if you think about <clears throat> if there's, if there's any, any issues, you don't send all six at one time. You, you go out, investigate, blah, blah, because if you're covering that large of an area, these guys were all just off a shift, so they probably cover one full shift for an entire town for, you know. They're not going to send all six to one spot out there with no backup. Mm-hmm. They'll send one out to scout to check, investigate. If there's no call back within 30 minutes, the second comes in, that would be, you know, that would be standard procedure. For just about anything, you know? It's just like, you fucking know, this is everybody. If everybody gets killed, who's going to come help you? You know, so that's that was very, very unusual. They just, it, it was so neat that they had set it up that they got off shift or they were doing the thing and they were have after work. Yeah. Because we don't know it's cyclical yet. No. So should we, I guess, before we get like huh. super duper into it, should we do a plot? Yeah, sure. Rundown. Uh, so five... There's five of them, right? Mm-hmm. Let's see. There's the driver. There's the driver. Yeah, there's Monk. There's... Uh, <laughs> yep. There's Monk. There's the goat fucker. There's the old guy. And then there's the guy who, for about five seconds, looked like Ben Affleck. <laughs> uh-huh. There's four. Where's the fifth? Who's the fifth? There's the driver, the chief, the uh, yeah. goat... Or the... Goat fucker. Udu. And then... No, uh... The goat fucker Yuzu. Yeah, uh, he's in. I'm. Tr- so I'm trying to think of where they are, where they're sitting in the van. Okay. Because there's the driver, driver the chief, chief. Yazov, uh, old man, and, and then, then the kid Arda. Yeah, Arda. Arda. So yeah, all right, yeah. Uh, man, that took us way too long for a movie that we watched a whole bunch. Either way, oh, um, well, yeah, but there's so, so much going on. Uh, five police officers are called to respond to backup mm-hmm. in a uh, mystical town. It's a place that like nobody really town. knows where it is. Mm-hmm. There's three shrines there, but it's... They're bad shrines. Yeah, abandoned and decrepit, yeah. and it's a place that you don't go. Right. It's kind of like Turkish Slab City. Right. It's a, it's a yo, got a raccoon city, dude. <laughs> So they're on their way out to this. The driver has a freak out at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. He ends up thinking that he's hit a man and they can't find him. Uh, their police van gets all scratched up. Oh, he was, remember he was weirded out before they did that too. Yeah. 
So they crash into a river. They find out that they have arrived in this town that they were looking for. Mm. Ignacic, I believe, something. I I called it Igyakak, but (laughs) that's probably not how it's pronounced. And they find uh, some locals, just some people sitting around a fucking campfire. They force one of them to lead them to where these other police, where this other call was uh, come in from and it's an abandoned uh police, police station, station yep from the ottoman era. yeah like a 150 200 years yes yeah so they <coughs> go in in search of this other unit and what they walk into is a f- effectively supposed to be a literal hell yes uh, and, and yeah Yep, and that's what they did. And oh my great oogly moogly. Yeah. Um, chaos ensues. So, when I was talking about the editing, there's a couple of the, like, just man, that's really good film instincts. And I just wanted to get to those before we get to the, like, horrendous shit. Mm. Um, obviously, the when they're cruising down the road and it's showing the upside down shot of the van driving away. Okay, dude, I'm done with that shot. Right, but it's good film instinct. It is to, great to show that they are descending into something that is not human. It, this is otherworldly. And on on that note too, I am talking shit because the one the two shots I think I've seen of that upside thing down thing going on the road, I think um ha- or were filmed after this movie. I have just seen it what I think three or four times now, and this will be. I think this is the fourth time I've seen this. Right. And that's just me going, I see a lot of movies. Fuck. <laughs> yep. But again, visually speaking, uh, show not tell. It's good filmmaking. Absolutely. Instinct. And think about it too. Um, if they're on a path and the path, you know, now the path is twisted. Well, that's absolutely literal. Poom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The uh, nice long wonder, the after uh, the initial dream sequence mm-hmm. where it pulls all the way in to show the police van and the hooded figure walking around with the bucket of meat. Yep. Also just good filmmaking. There's the wonder from inside where the waiter picks up the plates, walks them all the way back to start doing dishes, knock on the door, goes and gets the meat. All that done in one shot. Again, it didn't need to be filmed this well. This mm-hmm. is just a crazy, you could consider it anyway, just a crazy gore movie. Wait, no, technically, I want to tell you, I think it had to have been filmed this well. And and again, we'll get to that. Yep. Uh, the transition when they get to that town and they show the bubbling pot of just like black gruel that these people are making mm-hmm. that fades into the moon. Oh, the one that fucked me, you know, that the image that fucked with me more than just about anything else at a fucking blood eggs, dude. Yeah, Ooh. and Ooh. It, it just kind of has had his fucking hands in him, and he opened them up, and he saw them, and they were filled with blood. And I was just like, because I mean, I, we've all found, we found, you know, we've all gotten a fertilized egg before. We've all had, I've, I've had them, I've eaten balot. So <laughs> that that kind of stuff doesn't usually bother me, but the 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 liquid blood, and you don't know what's in there. It doesn't. It's just no. And say, and usually. In films like this, as soon as they get into, like, the police station, Mm -hmm. I think the set decoration on this is second to none. Usually this kind of, like, 
look into hell in this building. It looks real cheesy yeah. and shitty. Yeah. The, this set looks terrifying. It looks like a, a hundred floors of horror is it, what it looks it like. It really usually. does. This does not. And I'll tell you why I think this is so effective. The actual palpable lived in filth. Yes. The, because that's what people miss. When, when you have these, it's usually too clean or the lights are too right or the angles are just right. This looks like generational filth. And blood. Blood and filth. And the textures, the, the, some of it's ground in, some of it's still crackling from scabs, some of it's still wet when you touch it. Um, the dirt, you can't tell if it's dirt or, or just matted hair or just blood and puke and it's just the filth sells it so that everything else that you see then then once you're pulling back your mind stops reeling from the filth you're like okay it's a movie's fucking movie does that motherfucker have nails just sticking out of every square inch of the goddamn what the fuck is that is that a, how are they moving like that what is that a human is that what is that and your mind is never settled and then you hear like the dirt rub against other dirt from skin, and you can hear the susurration of the skin against the dirt. And it, that I'm going to tell you, that was, and that's why it sold. That's why it was the best depiction of hell, I think. Exactly, because you fucking nailed it. And that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about when I said that the lighting is great, because it is not under or overlit. It shows you exactly what they want to show you. It's not you. even night as day. It is, the light is exactly right. It's, it's, it's breathtaking in a mm -hmm. way that they were able to do this because if, if you're watching these scenes, if you've seen this before, or even if you haven't, you've seen this scene in horror films a million times. It's, a little dirty everything's kind of strewn about mm -hmm. it almost looks like an abandoned mental hospital ish yeah. it, it's got that kind of vibe but the way it's lit and you nailed the right on the fucking head the filth yep not just blood mm -hmm. and that's why with the intro with the red and brown whatever i was yeah. trying to make a clever thing because the browns in this are more effective than the blood to me when you realize that they have open wounds covered in filth, mm -hmm. it's so fucking gross. And, and think, think about it, too. I worked in kitchens most of my life. Rags that have sat for a couple days that in blood, they're, they're not red. They're black. They're brown. They're an odd shade of rust. They're all these things. And then the dirt. And then you know there's no bathrooms. And then you know that they're living in their own filth. And then you know they have all these open wounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Absolutely, that's why. And it, it seems kind of uh, superfluous, but there's a lot of the... Uh, like, what you can tell are supposed to be corpses just wrapped in sheets. Mm -hmm. And it looks like set dressing, but when you think about it, if you are trying to have a literal depiction of hell and you are trying to scare these people, mm -hmm. that's exactly what you would have there. Yep. And the way that they did it, yeah, 
not showing anything. It's just a dummy wrapped up in a towel. I doubt it's even a dummy. It's but probably even, just straw. But some of those bodies wrapped were moving oddly as if they didn't have limbs. It was, or a limb, or it, it was off. It was just off because the ones that were moving were moving in such an alien fashion to anything you could think of. Uh-huh. Again, unsettling. And then on top of all that, when you realize that they are all blind. Mm. Oh, yeah. And every single yeah it's rags covering their eyes yep they i I don't think they show any empty eye holes because no they don't again i don't i think they might may have they were cutting two and you could almost see the side of one you never got to see the you know and part of me wants to think that they had tried to do that and went that doesn't look good Mm. let's just throw what looks like a dirty rag over it and it's so much more effective than having a bad looking like walking corpse monster mm-hmm. uh, several walking corpse monsters actually yeah. well it, it, it's like i think the idea of a a cloth as mask or with any drawing on as a face because you can either get the real uncanny valley where it almost looks like a person but not but we're all used to that with cgi it doesn't affect us anymore but when where there's a rag, almost face-shaped thing where a head's supposed to be, mm-hmm. that's where the, we're getting... I, I'd say that we're more conditioned to be upset and unsettled by that now because, again, that just not quite human doesn't fuck with us as much anymore. Exactly. And uh, when it's getting to the latter parts of the film, when we're introduced to uh, Father... Oh, yeah. And my favorite character is Father's Assistant. Oh, yeah. Who, who looks like a, a, what did I try and say? Like a, cy- a cyber ninja riffraff from a, a <laughs> yes. Rocky Horror. Mm-hmm. Just this strange creature. That yeah. n- no discernible uh, gender qualities yep. whatsoever. Sort of bald, some hair. Uh, moves rather femininely, but looks... Uh, yeah. male it's it's everything and nothing exactly and it, the way it moves around it, that's what like mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me of like when you see like old ninja shit how mm-hmm. like they have the very flowy movements mm-hmm. the way that that move is just oh what the fuck is this actually thing? that reminds me that's like one of my favorite bad guy depictions and i did not like the movie didn't like the subject but the movie was rob roy you ever see that no Tim Roth plays the enemy or the bad guy. And this is all like that restoration where they're wearing the long coats and very, you know, the stockings and shit. Mm -hmm. And he's just standing there being all fancy. And then all of a sudden kills the fuck out of you. Just, whoa. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's, that, that had that kind of like that, that graceful menace. Exactly. And then we meet father who, is uh, a man with a rare condition. condition yeah. Or no, they, he, he, they said he was, he was, inter, or they, I forgot the quote that I read. It was like he was different genetically or interesting genetically or something. It was very interesting. It was coolly worded. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he got a little different. Got, got some skin stuff working. He looked like, he actually looked like a, um, an ancient toddler. Yes. And that is 
It, it, we're we're not saying any of this. Mm. To, that is a real man. Oh. It's not CGI. He's not. And homie on, was yoked. Yeah, he's not wearing like a costume. No. Besides the uh, symbols that they've put on him. Oh, those fucking locks, man. Yeah. Oh. And, and this guy, I, I did just a, the little bare bones amount of reading. Mm-hmm. No experience whatsoever in any of this. And then apparently brought several things to the table. Like, hey, what if I did that? And like made helpful suggestions that on set that they were like, yeah, we actually should really should do that. This guy kind of like, holy shit, this guy's amazing. And his performance is fucking fantastic, James. Okay. The quiet detachment after he cuts old boys gut, right? Slowly just pulling the intestines through his hands like he's just making chitlins, just talking, no change in effect. And But you know he's pulling the guy's intestines, you know, through to get the key, I believe. Was that what was getting? No, it was after uh, he just ripped the guy's intestines out to kill him. Okay. The key was in uh That's the, right. Not father, but I guess like artist father figure. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Force. Yeah. It was in his neck. Yeah. But... Okay, I, think, I I get them conflated because you, there is so much happening and it's so disturbing that uh-huh. it's hard. That's why I had to watch it more than once. And that's why, like, I think it was a very good instinct to find somebody who they didn't have to put makeup or anything on mm-hmm. because, again, not disparaging this man because he can't help what he looks like, but he looks unsettling. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking perfect for a few reasons because, again, I don't know much about actual like Zoroastrianism, but I believe in your Abrahamic cultures, uh, men were created in like God's image, for lack of a better term. Mm. I'm trying to remember because I, okay, this is going to be sad. When I was, what, 15, somebody gave me, thus spoke Zoroastra, which is not about that specifically but i was like i can't read this book if i don't know what that's about and i spent about three months reading about it and i remember mm, just about as much as that guy told on that six minute video right but what i'm saying is that generally speaking but there's more of i think there's more of an ascension religion like where you ascend to be better through right but what i'm trying to say at least in uh from my understanding in the judeo-christian religions anyway from what i understand is that mankind was created like in god's image correct Mm -hmm. yeah and to see this man who like he's he's different oh yeah not created in god's image and then to hear him recite back a lot of uh judeo-christian or abrahamic religion uh rhetoric Mm mm-hmm Hell isn't a uh, a place that you just visit. Hell is what lives inside of you, mm-hmm. and we're here to be our, your lowly shepherds. That sort of uh, speaking points, yeah, and just reversing it for this uh, black mass hellish ritualistic mm-hmm. murders. To hear him, what does he say? Do you accept it? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, that's all evil. Uh huh. And apparently, that has the more to do with like the Zoroastrianism, well, so, uh, at least the this particular story. Yeah. Which I still don't really understand, but from my understanding, from what I saw in the explainer video, is that 
It's a being that is trying to have humankind accept them Mm -hmm. to take over the earth, and it's the hero's job to defeat them, effectively. And so the entire time, yeah, Yazov, Yazov, accept Mm. me, accept, accept hell into your heart. Mm -hmm. It's so fucking good and it fits this narrative so well especially because he didn't overact he didn't underact too he didn't downplay it he actually put it in there man it's so fucking good man and 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 again it it absolutely has to be exactly and you know putting the uh uh ceremonial knife Mm -hmm. up to yazov's eyes and never like taunting him and never doing the really the, the twitchy or yeah, i'm gonna get you yeah gonna the, get you the exorcist thing where it's welcome to hell now you die none of that the, and, at all and that's what increased the menace because that well for me personally i, I can't even put contacts in if i see somebody touch their eye i'm gonna freak the fuck out so that this, that scene was particularly disturbing but what increased the dread is the menace was it it didn't move. It stayed exactly that same distance away. It was just inevitable, like the zombies. It was. It's going to happen. I don't have to do this. I don't. You know. It's going to happen. Accept it, mm-hmm. and make it better, or don't. And it's happening anyway. And so yeah, uh, father jabs his fucking eyeballs out of his skull with the, this knife. And the way they shot that was brilliant. Exactly. It's such good filmmaking <clears throat> instincts mm-hmm. that he just whispers to him, Yazov, because he kind of pulls the knife away and like mm-hmm. looks at him deep in his eyes and just says, Yazov. And not slowly, but also not like lightning fast, just jabs yep. it into his fucking eyeball. Deliberately, too, just got yeah, it in like, there. Like you were, the speed at which like you would reach for your drink on a desk or something. Yeah. Yep, just naturally just natural movement just jabs him in his fucking eyeballs Mm. and then oh dear oh man all right so they uh Mm. father tells his like assistant like yeah should we uh should we start getting this underway now yep you're like wait what the fuck you just slit a man's belly open and then cut a dude's eyes out Mm -hmm. and obviously the uh, foreshadowing in the beginning with Yazov talking about just fucking anything that moves pretty mm-hmm. much. They bring out a woman. Yes. In a ceremonial, presumably ceremonial mask and yep. garb on all fours yep. and force Yazov to fornicate. Yep. Now, again, traditionally in these, in these type of things, it has to give us a reason to be able to stay there. And at no time did the, did the subject on all fours have any pushback. Now, granted, are we to say that they are resigned to their hell, but it was not an unwilling participant or a willing participant. It was a vessel of this man's, you know what, I, do you yes. know what I'm saying? So they presented it in such that, God, this is horrific, but now we we don't have an excuse to look away. Mm-hmm. So, again. And the whole time, and it's kind of funny that I, I had kind of forgotten, but 
when we look at the uh, sex scene, I guess, in Midsummer, mm-hmm. to where you're like, okay, I get that this is supposed to be like a ritualistic sex magic thing, but this is dumb. You see it in Baskin, and it's fucking horrifying. Mm-hmm. It's so goddamn good. So, um... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, the only thing more horrific to me than that part of the movie... The fucking stone baby. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Yeah, fuck a bunch of all that. (laughs) Uh Fuck a bunch of all that. Yep. And again, these are, it's one of those things that while you're watching it and it, knowing that it's a foreign film and knowing that I know nothing really about their culture. And and I certainly didn't go into this knowing that it was about Zoroastrianism. Certainly. Like I, had some inklings that like, oh, it's probably some like Muslim symbolism that I'm super duper not familiar with. Mm-hmm. But to make it so unnerving that I don't have to understand, it's just right. fucking scary. But not understanding makes it better. Exactly. It does. <laughs> oh man. This fucking movie. So there's a few times when it does uh like flash outs. I'll say, because it's not yeah. really back or forward, like no. dream sequences of Arda and... Uh, because the his, time his never cop, resets. And his cop father. It, the time never resets, and that's why it's not a flashback. It's just almost like a reset. So, because had it been a flashback, then you'd see him back at the same place saying the same thing. They're not, because sometimes it's just Arda and the father figure, mm-hmm. okay? Um, or sometimes it's, you know, whatever, or... So that that was a really interesting way to do it. And the other way, I, and, and this is really kind of out there, but traditionally in movies where there's <clears throat> cycles, it's a pattern, it's a rhythm. That, that, you know, it happens now in the thing and it comes back in the thing. And this one, they were, they were counting on 7, 15 times. They were just doing something weird because at no time did that cycle ever hit right. It was it, always in a very awkward spot. Right. And and you were never sure, wait, what part are we in here again? Wait, are we, oh shit. Especially the first time it happened because I was like, what the fuck? And then I thought I was okay with it. And then I'm like, wait, 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 we're back. And now it's a pattern, right? So I'm looking for it. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> it, I'm not looking for it. And boom, it fucking gets me. Yeah. And the... Drawing the weird uh, lines between these, I guess, flash breaks or whatever you want to call them. Resets. Yeah, resets. The uh, cop father seems to know exactly because while they're like strung up or waiting for the uh, ceremony to continue or whatever, like he's looking at Arda Mm -hmm. and like reassuring him. From these things that he said during these dreams. So that's kind of where it lost me a little bit, honestly, narratively. Right. was, okay, is all of this supposed to be happening? If so, is that all in Arda's head? If not, are they sharing some weird psychic link? Which I guess in this movie wouldn't be weird at all. But there's a few things narratively that I went, mm, okay, that with seems like a bit Without much. knowing about Zoroastrianism, without knowing about any of the Muslim things... On the, I think the first reset or the second reset when they were really, really talking deeply and was talking about how he was raised and how their link really is. And, and there there was a hint of supernatural. There was a hint of a, more of a, 
a more, ah, God, I don't want to say spiritual because that's not the word I'm trying to use, but in the vein of that religion, <clears throat> there was an extra connection between the two of them. That's why he got to be the golden boy JC guy. Right. And the key in his neck, mm-hmm. I still have no idea what that means. I don't either, but... and. Uh, that was the one of the other questions that I kind of had was, are they supposed to be blood-related in some way? Because, I mean, otherwise it kind of doesn't make sense. I think his uncle. Is it his, is it I'm his pretty uncle? Sure, I, I'm pretty sure, because I've watched this a couple times where there's so much disturbing shit that that's specific, but, but I think there's a blood relation. Because, well, the cop father says, well, at one point, well, when your uncle put you in my care... Well, wait, 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 wait Cousin, a maybe? May, that's very possible. Because hey, I will tell you, um, I've been to Turkey, and um, and well, I'll use my culture specifically. Um, fucking family, get you. They'll come find you. They will find the 17th cousin if there's even a tiny drop, and you'll help them. Why? Because you have that tiny drop in you. Right, because when one of the... Uh, resets he's talking about how like arda i i need you to stop talking and really pay attention you see it don't you oh, i've yeah. seen it since i was a child i used to speak to my grandmother about it and is is that to mean again that they were some blood related somehow or just psychically linked they somehow? could have been yes to both because they could have been familial linked, which is most likely you're just knowing cultures right and, um, but you see it, you, they're also linked that way too. Okay. With the, the sight, the shining, the whatever. Right. And again, that was one of the few things that was very unclear to me, but also it, that, that could have been perfectly clear in Turkey. And they're like, they could have, yeah. you know, just, yeah, that's probably like a f- relative. If he was put in his care, like, of course it was probably a family yeah. of some sort. Again, that's just my, uh, cultural dumbassery and not knowing things. And, and that, that just a, a quick aside, um, when they were whooping that waiter's ass in the fucking restaurant, mm-hmm. um, when I was in the service, when we'd go to ports wherever. And we'd go to ports where you would just absolutely sure it would be the worst ports and they'd give you the most, hey, don't do this, don't do that. and do, you know. When we were in Turkey, they very specifically said, <clears throat> whatever you do, don't look sideways at anybody. Don't talk to some, don't talk to women, especially don't talk to women. You don't know if you're introduced, absolutely say hello. And that's it. Do not, (laughs) unless a man speaks, don't do any of that. And why? Because if you get put in jail, we can't get you. You're in jail. Mm -hmm. And, um, the, the police don't, uh, let's say, for example, um, some places uh, the police won't actively seek out to beat a service member. They don't care. If they felt that you are, that you have stepped over a line, they will teach you some manners. They will give you a tune-up. And there's nothing we or you can do about it. And that was a very, very specific difference. I, I, we had that in Sicily, too. And it's a very, very, very distinct culture, too. And that... that so when I was watching that, that, that it made it even deeper when I was watching that ass whooping. And I'm like, oh, dude, 
Just, just no sweat, you bet. Yes, of course you don't like them. Nobody else does, but don't say anything because you get your ass kicked and there's nothing you can do about it. Right, and that's one of the few things that like I do kind of know about Muslim cultures is men are supposed to be men. And that's why, you know, they're very macho acting. And yeah, what did you just say to me, kid? Mm-hmm. Listen, man, you're starting to piss me off. Like you're really getting on my nerves right now. And that that you saw, that guy, because if you're in a, a macho base culture, South American, whatever, okay, and you somehow don't feel up to the standard that these other macho people are, that's when you get the usuals. That's when you get the absolute, those guys. Yeah, just maniacs. And that is a great portrayal. Uh-huh. Very, very good. Um, so, again, I don't understand necessarily, even after watching these videos, that how this key got into the cop dad's neck. And why all of a sudden uh, the father, the cult leader, whatever, had the keyhole in his forehead. But again, that's one of those, I can let it go because I know that it probably has a meaning. I just don't understand it. Mm -hmm. And it's not a uh, culture that I am based in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... Well, when I talk about, like, the ascension, like, okay, when you you, you hit the nail on the head, um, even a lot of... Except for some of the Christians and stuff, but a lot of it, uh, your actions, what you do specifically dictates whether you're in hell or heaven or hell now. Mm -hmm. If you live a good life and do good deeds and do the things, you've created your own paradise. You've created your own thing. If you've lived badly and done that, you've created your own hell. And this is... I, I don't remember exactly, but there are paths like if you're wicked in life and blah, blah, blah. It's not necessarily going to hell like we think of hell. But you are revisiting everything that you have done. So what happened? He had his eyes plucked out and he had to make the stone baby or whatever. He had to do that. That was his, you know. And it's easier. it was easier for him to get in there than other people. It was harder to walk in the less you've done, which is why Arda had the tough time. And that's where it was very specifically that religion. It's very, it's not even cooking. It'd be like going, um, these are the seven deadly sins and these are the 12 venal sins. Oh, look, you did all seven deadly and you did all 12 venal. Now this is happening. Boom. But the depictions and the beauty of it is great. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot simpler than you think. It's a thousand times simpler than you think because my brain made it so, but I stopped and looked and I was like, Ooh, this is a pretty explosion movie because the, the plot is there, but it is like Tinker Toy Basic. I loved it when I didn't know that. And then that's why that second, that second time I'm just like, I still, it's still a gorgeous movie. It's well acted and all these great things have happened, but it's stupid. Right. Okay. Well, I'm going to push back on that a little with a question to you. Would you rather they add more and fuck it up? Because I do think in an instance like this, less is more. The less concrete story that you give us that you could find more and more loopholes with, Mm -hmm. I don't think that would have served this. I think leaving it kind of as, I don't want to say bare bones, but that obviously opens you up to do a lot more visually than having to be bogged down with talking, 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 talking. 
let me let me let me re repackage this. Maybe I can explain it better so that you can kind of see where I'm feeling. Take the fact that this is a Turkish film completely out of it. Okay, take all of that out of there. There's this absolutely fucking gorgeous film, and we've seen some gorgeous films, right? But the story is spoon-fed to you, and the kills are absolutely going to be this guy's... Oh, wow, they did it that way. That's more of what this movie is. And it just took me a couple... You know, it took me a couple watches to go, Oh, I loved this movie. I fucking had a big old, you know, happy about this movie when it was mystical and weird, and, and I thought it was deeper, deeper, deeper than it was. No, it's just pretty. It's like a pretty... Gorgeous, well-acted music video. And it doesn't make it bad. It just kind of, I guess I'm not, don't hate it. I guess I would, had the wind kicked out of my sails. Because I wanted it to be this heady Joko Anwar, you know, thing. And it wasn't. It was just pretty and stupid. See, I, I fully disagree with you that, that it's stupid. Because, I mean. I don't mean stupid he, bad. They, I just mean they like... descend into, this group of not great dudes descends into hell they're all killed, and the one who thinks that he is going to escape is effectively in a time loop now where he is constantly in this hell. But he's not. The van was empty at the end. Yeah, He yeah, ended yeah, the loop. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, did you notice when he got hit by the van? Mm-hmm. When he runs out into the streets and they show the interior of the van? Everybody's mm-hmm. there. So that van was not fucking empty. No, when they showed the van in the river, it, yeah, it was empty. Yeah, it was empty after they had all gotten out of it and ended up at that town in the v- fucking beginning of it too. See, there was nobody in that van. We watched two different movies, motherfucker. So I'm saying is because I saw the exact same thing on that video that I watched and went, no, there's clearly the shot where he escapes from this fucking thing and I he back runs and out into the street and when the van is approaching, it's being driven by them. In my defense, I've been trying to watch the last 10 goddamn minutes for an hour and a half. So. No, I know, but I mean, as far as the, we'll see the van is empty at the end, that means that it's not the time loop. And I... That very well may be how they intended it to be, but when you show me the interior of the van coming toward him and all of the characters are in there, to me that says time loop. That he is stuck in this hell. Again, that is how I interpret it. Before I knew all of the what have you, yeah, yeah. that might have made it a better film. But, I mean, if I... I didn't notice that the van was empty necessarily because they showed me everybody in the van still. And the other thing, too, I think I was being a little more like, this movie is stupid. I don't mean, again, it's not stupid. It's not as really cool as I thought it was going to be. You know what I mean? And I I just had, I guess that was that letdown. It doesn't make it a bad movie. It's just like, you're, and and I watch it and I was excited about it, right? And then I watch it and I'm like, oh, darn. God damn it. Well, I mean... That's it, doesn't, also, it doesn't make it bad. I would say, is that also you then overthinking everything? Because I do that as well. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. When I find a little thread on something, you know, you, you pull on that thread and pull on that thread and pull but, on that thread, and then all of a sudden we're talking about a two and a half hour midsummer and everybody's uh, mad. Well, yeah, because everybody I told that said I didn't care for it, they're just fucking go crazy at me. <laughs> I said, listen to the podcast. I don't have time yeah, right now. Yeah, they're wrong. Dog <laughs> but shit. I, I think I was more excited about the idea that 
the, the movie could be that different in one day. It's kind of neat. Right, but also, like I was saying before, I do appreciate that they didn't go that heavily into the story. To make it so complex that I right. definitely wouldn't understand it. And to go, okay, you got the basics because we're going to try and sell this internationally. So it's based on this story, but you got the basics of what's going on. Now here, look at this. I will give you that, but I will <laughs> tell you this. If we did the whole, let's say, like I said, if we, this is an American movie, you wouldn't be talking about it like this. If they had uh, supplied me with the visuals that this film did, I absolutely fucking would. Mm, okay. Interesting. All right. Well, I mean, it's, no, no, no. I'm not disagreeing. It, no, it's the perfect blend of okay. That's a. It's enough story. Like uh, the fog. The fog does that. Okay, I never saw that. The John Carpenter's The Fog. Oh yes, this didn't this have like Carpenter vibes? This movie? No, not, not at all. Not Who's the one I'm looking for? Not the one. Carpenter did the uh, space one. What's the one I'm looking for? It's it had that like kind of grindhousey vibe. I'm trying to remember the director. I'm. Trying, I kept thinking of when I watched this movie. No. Well, I'll remember tomorrow because this is going to make fascinating podcasts. Yeah, so yeah, I'm going to get a text message tomorrow, just some name, and go, the fuck are you talking about, James? Because I'll have remembered none of this. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, James, do you have any final thoughts and or would you recommend Baskin? Well, the cool thing about doing these podcasts is sometimes you can watch me process in action. And throughout this entire process, I will have to say that I would recommend this movie. Yeah, I definitely would recommend it. I wouldn't even tell people this whole bullshit in my head. I said, go watch it. Tell me what you think. Mm -hmm. And I would, it, I would also recommend this movie highly, but I would give every single person that I would tell about this movie the same caveat that I gave you, which is, all right, before you watch it, just a heads up, it's fucking extreme. Yeah, I'd be like, it's a little hard to watch, so you... And, I mean, uh, us talking about it, it mm. probably doesn't sound much worse than, oh, well, I've seen, you know, oh. this, <laughs> this kill in this movie and this in this movie. No, man, like, this is, it's fucking out there. Like, it is bananas. Uh-huh. It's revolting, you might say. Yeah, yes. <laughs> It so, was pure D nasty. Uh huh. Real, real, uh, mm -mm. va va voom. Uh, <laughs> va -va -voom? While he's got the lady down with oh. his eyes gouged out and oh, going to town. Um, ew. Yeah. Just stop. Mm. No, just no. So, yeah. Mm -mm. If, if that sort of thing interests you, fucking go watch Baskin. Uh uh. No, uh, again, I, I would recommend this. It's shot beautifully, uh, more so than I think a lot of the other extreme horror films. Oh, absolutely. The makeup, I think, is better than a lot of even, like, good films that we watch. And see, then and those other ones you're talking about, torture is the point. This one, torture isn't the point. It's a product of. Uh-huh. And that, that again, that, that makes Separation. it Separation. I'm not going to watch Hostel. I want to see somebody play this little piggy with a ball pain hammer. Fuck a bunch of all that. Because why? No, I... I okay. This movie made it so I had to watch it because they fucking figured out that little sidestep to make it okay to watch. God damn them. Yep. It's a... Uh, 
It's a real delight and a real bummer all in one package. I will tell you that I will never, probably ever watch this movie again. But I'm glad to have watched it because this is, um, I'm going to, this got some benchmarks visually for me. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of things that if, you, if you're going to do a movie in this vein, if you're not at least about three quarters of this, you can go fuck yourself. Because this is where the bar is set right fucking here. Yep. It's, uh, oh boy. It's, it's visually disturbing. Great oogly moogly. All right, uh, James. Yes. Where can people find us? Well, they can find us at horrorvomitpodcast.com or horrorvomitpodcast at gmail.com. I have shit to bet. They can find us on Instagram. We have a Facebook page. Um, we also have, oh, hold on, Facebook page, and we have, oh, yes, give us the stars, all the stars. Yeah, and leave us a, what is it, five-word review on Apple Podcasts or just the stars on Spotify. Yeah, or whatever podcatcher you get, whatever get, whatever grabs your gear, you know, say something nice about us, and it'll get get us out there. Also, uh, you can go visit uh, www.becomingemilymovie.com. Oh, absolutely. To help our, uh, our good friend uh, Brad Havens uh, make his feature film. Throw some money at Brad so he can do cool shit. And also coming up, uh, you can watch us streaming the brand new fucking Diablo 4. Hells yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitch. I have a Twitch account at... Uh, horror underscore vomit underscore Chris. Um, Twitch, Twitch coming. Yep. Under construction. Uh, oh, yeah. We're, we're going to be streaming some games. And, I got uh, some neat projects that I'm hoping to be able to talk about in the next week or two. Uh, you did it last week. So. Yeah, but no, I'm talking about like like dates and whatever because stuff's working. Yeah. Yeah. So we got shit underway. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a, a real whirlwind. Indeed. Ready to get swept away mm-hmm. out to sea. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, being busier than we've been just in a being a little man in a boat. <laughs> just a, since when are you a little man? You're an enormous man. Well, I guess not enormous. You're a large man. Not fat, per se, but just a large in stature. I, I occupy some space. You sure do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and with that, I think we should uh, probably uh, be done. Yeah, I think I was about to say we should probably call this one. Yeah, mm-hmm. we should. We should. Good night. Uh, we should do it. Yeah. It's All right. Done. Should I take a nice, nice sip of this refreshing? Would you push the fucking Coca-Cola button? Coca-Cola Classic. I already talked about the man on the boat. Push the fucking button. See what I did there? Refreshing. I will keep making shitty jokes till you turn this off. You sure will. Bye, everybody. Bye.